Welcome to Advent Sermons and Conversations. Please enjoy the sermon. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was famished. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again, it is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their splendor, and he said to him, All these I will give to you, if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him, and suddenly angels came and waited on him. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Greetings in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Forty days in the wilderness. That's what we're doing this Lent. We're hanging out with Jesus in these texts for 40 days. And Kevin, when he was doing his beginning interviews for our 40-day Lenten devotional and carbon fast, asked me, why the wilderness? Why this text? And it's because I know this place. Every time I read this story of Jesus in the desert, of the temptations and the isolation, I think, I've been there. Depression is my wilderness. I've struggled for years, longer than I care to admit. Some days are good, some aren't. I've learned how to deal. But I can still say that temptation is strongest when I'm in the wilderness, when I can't see a way out. Long before I knew how to manage in my wilderness, I wasn't even able to name it. I dwelled in this strange and foreign land and had no idea how I had gotten there or where I was. All I knew or thought I knew was that I was the only one there. And there came a time when I was willing to do just about anything to get out. And it was in that exact moment, in that exact moment when I was ready to give up that Jesus came to me and whispered in my ear, not like mystics of old, not in a disembodied voice or a flash of light, but in the way Jesus so often shows up, in a person, in a particular person for a particular place and time, right in the middle of my wilderness. While I was in that place of isolation, my mentor came to visit with me. He didn't just pass by or try to call me out of where I was. Instead, he stepped into it. 
and sat beside me. He shared with me his own story, his own desert and vulnerability, and he sat with me in mine. In his sharing and in his silence, he also confessed his utter and unshakable conviction that God is present in the world and even more so in the wilderness. That God's love and regard is given to all, that Jesus in his living and in his dying sealed the promise of God's presence for me, for us. That day, that day my mentor brought to me the word of God the living word of God, that is, he brought me Jesus. And it changed the entire trajectory of my life. It didn't take away my depression, but it gave me hope. And hope is no small thing. It offered me a glimpse of the way out of a different future, of a love worth fighting for, worth living for. It gave me something to hold on to, reminding me that I am not alone. And when you know you are not alone, the wilderness, while still frightening, becomes less so. When you know you're not alone, the lengthening shadows and jarring noises don't hold the same kind of power. And you suddenly hold more. Because you hold within you something whole and holy. When Jesus spits back into the face of the tempter that we do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God, it is more than a battle of wits or a contest of memorization. So we quote scripture. Even the devil can do that. How many evil intentions have begun with scripture on the lips of the perpetrator? No, this, this is more. This is a declaration not merely of knowing, but of embodying the very truth of God. The faith that is fractured in so many of us stands in full display, facing down evil and declaring trust in God's anointing as the incarnate word of God. This, this is not an idea. This is a revolution. This is God come to earth. This changes everything. Every eventuality is no longer written in stone. Every wilderness, every injustice, every power that be that declares this is what must remain. Even death. In the reflected light of the word made flesh, it is infused with hope. God is a certainty, and so everything becomes filled with possibility. Everything. This, whether in the desert places or the cultivated landscapes, is where we live and move and have our being with the word of God etched on our hearts and the blood of Jesus running through our sin-sick souls. This is the possibility. This is how we live, really live. We see it happening all throughout scripture, people clinging to the hem of Jesus' garment, grasping at his outstretched hands, embracing the cross. People desperately seeking an encounter with the word of God in the midst of their wilderness, holding on with both hands to the presence of the divine. There is truth in that, in that clinging, in that grasping, in that desperate 
holding on in the recognition of something more than, more than our broken world, more than our broken selves. And in that recognition, there is a shift, a seed planted, a hope rooted, a wilderness reimagined. My wilderness is never far from me, but it does not have the same kind of power it used to have over my life. Because something stronger now holds that place of honor. Because God is there. Feels a very personal wilderness. But perhaps it's the same as yours. Or maybe your wilderness is woven from a different and yet wholly recognizable emptiness. Grief, anxiety, addiction, self-doubt, illness, apathy, fear, the list continues. All these desert places feel intensely personal and alone. But the thing I've learned is that if we would just look up, we'd recognize that we all dwell in the same wildernesses together. And in fact, we share so much of these experiences, of these pains. Of we just need to look up. All of these desert places yearn for truth, for the word of God, for a shift in power, for hope, for the living God to be whispered in your ear. God is speaking. The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your hearts. Deuteronomy 30.14, Romans 10.8. Can you hear it? The word might arrive through the presence of a friend, a family member, or a stranger. It might weave its way into your vastness through a song that speaks to you like nothing else. It could be someone dead or alive in the most random ways, but God is whispering in your ear, listen, recognize the word for what it is, for who he is. Look up. It is in our mouth and in our hearts. Sometimes we are receivers of the word and sometimes we are bearers. Bearers of all the possibilities that God has to offer. Just as my mentor brought me Jesus by accompanying me, we can do the same for others. It was in fact because of that moment that I stand in this pulpit today. Because I thought if I could do that for one person, if I could bring the word of God to one person in such a way, if I could sit with one person in their wilderness, then my life would be worth living. The tempter will try to tell you that you're alone, that the shifting sands are the only change this world will know, that none of this matters in the face of so much pain. These are lies. The temptation is to believe them. There are industries built around believing them. Don't. Because the truth is far greater and it is hung up on a cross for the world to see. Jesus rebukes the lies that we tell ourselves with a love that endures to the very end of all things and beyond. In the word made flesh we see truth. God is here. God is here. Do you understand?
listen, look up. God is here. Amen. Thank you for listening. You can find us online at adventnyc.org. Our services are 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. in English and 1230 in Spanish at 93rd and Broadway.